Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST on Podcast App, Spotify, and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on all those different apps. You know what to do. Five stars. Write a little thought. Leave a comment on YouTube. Hit the notification bell so you know when we drop new stuff. It means a lot to us. We appreciate it because it helps the show grow. It helps us enjoy getting in touch with you listeners as much as possible. And speaking of getting in touch with listeners, we got a guy who is co-hosting as he does so often here on Subway Sports Talk. I'm so excited to have on this specific day because he got the listeners going on the overnight, on the fan, breaking the big news of Kevin Durant. You may have seen it on the Instagram, TikTok, Twitter of WFAN. Pat Boyle, my man, working the overnight, working at LIU, right back on Subway Sports Talk. Thank you for doing that. How are we feeling after your long day of play-by-play as well as talking about the Kevin Durant news live as it took place on the fan. Feeling good, Pete. Feeling good. I'm kind of riding the high of everything that I had called for, predicted, hoped for four years ago. Finally comes to fruition. The end of an era, the end of the Brooklyn Circus, as I like to call it. It has wrapped up. It has left town. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they blew the whole thing up in the span of six days when they were (laughs) a top, top team in the East. And you really just love to see it. And, you know, I I said I feel bad about kicking Nets fans when they're down today. But, you know, at the same time, I do take a lot of great pleasure in doing it. So, uh, yeah, it was a good day for me. Uh, Yeah, no, you don't. You don't feel bad. You had so much fun. You could hear it in your voice. You were having a blast laughing at the Nets fans. And uh, I do have to give you credit because I gave myself credit not too long ago. And I think Cody and I actually discussed the credit I gave myself. So if I did that, I also have to now revoke my own credit and hand it over to you. When the Nets went on that was 17-2, and two, little stretch there when Kyrie was uh, and KD were still playing before KD went down, and now they're both gone. I did a pod, part of the podcast where I said, everyone owes an apology to the Nets. Look what they're doing. Look how talented they are. Look at how they look when they all came together. And fast forward just a few weeks, and Pat, you stayed on it the entire time. You said, don't trust it. The circus will come back to town. They're going to probably try to trade KD, which I was like, man, they're not going to do that. And you nailed it. You did. So I'll take some of the credit I gave myself, remove it from me, give it to you, and then I'll throw it to Cody O'Connor over there, who's also joining us. Cody O'Connor, what's up? And uh, Nets stuff for you. I feel like we were kind of aligned, and now this all happened. So where, where do you land? You're right in giving credit to Pat credit to because he's been on this since day one. The circus was there. And I would have come on if we were talking last week, I would have said the Nets are a legit top three to four contender in the East with a real title chance. And Kyrie said, nah, I'm good. Decided to go to Dallas. And he goes, what did he say? I did my job over there. They were the four seed. We were a four seed when I left. I did my job. I mean, that guy, Zach Wilson, talk about tone deaf, like same type of vibe to me that just like read the room guy. I mean – who, who, who can say what's going to go on? But anyway, and apparently there's supposed to be a football game or something this weekend. Something uh, like that. I, who, who's playing? I heard. I, I don't know. Public Wait, I didn't even bring it up. Usually I do that in the beginning. I'm like, yeah, you know, we're going to talk about this. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this. But first, let's do it. 
And I just like completely forgot the Super Bowl in a couple of days. I don't know about you guys. I have a typical rule with the Super Bowl that I try not to think about it much until the actual week of. Because I find, you know, in the past when I was kind of like locked in for two full weeks of, you know, faux football coverage, if you will, like where you kind of don't know what to do with your hands and you're, you know, reaching for storylines and doing all this stuff. Maybe if you're lucky, like this year, there was some Aaron Rodgers stuff, some, some Sean Payton stuff. There was other stuff that took place. But generally, that first week of Super Bowl coverage is brutal to me. And then the second week, I'll lock in. Still kind of brutal sometimes, but overall good. So how do you guys feel about that with Super Bowl, you know, strategizing who you like, making your picks, placing bets, looking at props? Like, how do you break that timeline down, Patty? Well, I just want to start with saying I can't remember a time where there's been seemingly so little juice going into Sunday. And maybe it's just because we're exhausted. Like you said, the two weeks, you know, you also you want to slow things down because once that game ends, it's seven months without football, man. And it's a it's a tough time. It's a tough time for us football lovers to go through. Um, And by when Sunday hits, like I'll be ready to go. I'll be locked in. I'll be reading an extra full preview, full prediction. Um, and in terms of, you know, what we like to do in, in betting, you know, getting the props ready, figuring out which way I want to do some plays. Um, so, yeah, usually it's around it's around this day, Wednesday, Thursday of the week of, and a podcast like this will help get me in a gear. You know, by tomorrow I'll be ready to go. Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, Sunday I'll be, I'll be locked in. And, and the game should deliver. Like, you have the best two teams in football, number one seeds on both sides. So in that aspect, and you got Mahomes and Chiefs on the verge of a dynasty versus the Eagles, the game should hopefully live up to the hype. It just feels like going into the final days of the Super Bowl coverage, it's been very exhausting and just it hasn't gotten the attention that it probably deserves. I wonder if it's like this is going to sound crazy, but if, if like we cover these teams so much now, right? Like think about our podcast is one of, you know, probably a hundred thousand podcasts in the country, right? If you really break it down, now obviously some way more relevant than others, some more relevant than others, whatever, but it's talked about so much by so many people. Everyone's aware you're watching Instagrams, you're watching TikToks. It's almost like you don't even know what angle to take at, at this point, right? Like there's, there's no more hot takes left. There's no more like sneaky angles of how this game's going to break down or what's the key matchup. Like, it's been done since the Monday after the uh, championship games. And it's, it's just hard to kind of like lock into it. And I think the NBA coming in, which we're going to talk more about in a minute before we get to the football stuff, the NBA coming in with a bunch of trades and big names moving just made it a lot easier. Like, Oh, okay. So I don't have to hear about the Kelsey Kelsey thing and Andy Reid Philly thing and Mahomes proving it against over uh, Burrow and Allen again this year, like Jalen hurts going from college to college. And now he's in the, you know, like we all kind of, I feel like we had it. Like we kind of had it with those storylines and from a storyline perspective, it's all great, but we all know about it. So, you know, we're going to talk about the game and the props and the leans and the picks and the whatnot, but it's been a little weird. Cody, do you feel that as well? Like have you been more locked into NBA this, this week? Yeah, for sure. Especially with the trade deadline, which I think it's the best trade deadline in sports. I think MLB is up there with it, but the ML, uh, the NBA just rapid fire sends them off. If you don't have your phone on you for an hour, you don't know what's going to change in that span. And maybe it's because maybe it's because the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, so I don't want to follow as much and keep my eye on it. I'm keeping myself distracted. I don't know, but I haven't really looked at any coverage. I mean, I don't know what the health status of Mahomes really is just yet. I assume he's just much better than he was two weeks ago. But, yeah, I mean, 
Sunday comes around, like Pat said, thumbs are going to be going. DraftKings will be up. I might even be pulling up FanDuel to look at what's the better odds here and there. And I'll, they'll be firing off. I'll be all the way locked in come Sunday. But, yeah, the last two weeks it's been almost like a break period in between time from the uh, AFC and NFC championships to the Super Bowl. Yeah, interesting. Interesting stuff. But with that said, we're going to try to bring the juice on the Super Bowl in just a minute. Before we do that. We do have to talk about our friends, of course, on Super Bowl week. Our friends over from DraftKings. And yeah, Super Bowl, but also NBA fans, it's time to bring hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And this week, leading up to that Super Bowl, as you're trying to build out that bankroll, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all and existing customers, new and existing customers, can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every single day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you get a bonus bet back. These are the types of things you need to enjoy your Super Bowl experience. You get some bets in on the NBA on Friday and Saturday. All of a sudden, you might hit a couple. You get your $200 bonus bets if you're just signing up for the first time with code TBPN. And boom, you're betting Super Bowl Sunday. You're betting the NBA with bonus bets to spare, and you're hitting same game parlays. And if you don't, Guess what? No sweat. You get another bonus bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPM. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPM. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We mentioned the Nets. We mentioned Pat talking about it on the fan last night and kind of like being the first voice people heard in New York City really talking about that, you know, on air. So we mentioned what it was like for that. Let's talk about the actual move and talk about the actual teams that are affected by this, because not only are the Nets and the Suns affected by this, clearly by the Suns getting Kevin Durant, the Mavs getting Kyrie Irving, the Nets losing them, bringing in some other guys. All the teams in their vicinities are now looking at different outlooks perhaps as well. Uh, We'll talk about how good the Nets are, what this might mean for the Knicks, and then obviously in the Western Conference, what it means for the Suns and the teams who are also competing for top dog status. So for the Nets, I think it's pretty simple. I'm going to kind of just take a shot here, guys, and you tell me if you want to add anything, but just to kind of knock it out of the way. They got a crap load of crap. They got so much stuff, and it's good that they got a lot of stuff. They got all the first-round picks they could get. They got second-round picks, and they got some guys who are like semi-cornerstones, right? Like they're not – true number one, number two leading starters on teams, but Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, seriously good players that people would want on their teams. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's a solid player. They still have Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton. So they got a team that's still going to be semi-relevant. Like they're not going to, you know, go lose 20 games now in the second half of the season, but they are obviously not where they were before. It'll be kind of interesting to see them play, to see what Cam Thomas can do in a bigger role. But guys, generally, do you agree with the sense of the Nets kind of got what they can got, couldn't have gotten much more good for them for at least moving on and finally getting rid of the circus, but there's not really much else to kind of key in on here for the Nets for the rest of the season? Uh, Well, for me, it's the the evolution, the continued emergence of Cam Thomas, who on Thursday night, I believe he was either shut out or had two points at the half against Chicago and still ended up dropping 20, which is a really welcome sign. I think he's the future of this franchise, and you welcome in an all-world 
NBA defender in Mikhail Bridges, a young, talented, big sniper on the wing in Cam Johnson, um, and all these boatload of picks they've got. Oh, yeah, plus they get Spencer Dinwiddie back and a good 3-and-D in Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, as much as I was ragging on the Nets, they're they're built to potentially be a playoff team next year. And with all these picks for the future, you know, I said it. It's like they jumped in a time machine and went back to 2018. They've got a good young core nucleus and a good head coach. Now, if the opportunity presents itself in another two years where a superstar comes knocking, make sure you get the right one this time, right? Make sure you bring somebody that you can trust handing the keys to the franchise too. So I thought Sean Marks really earned his keep. Um, you know, zapping moves left and right, getting rid of Kyrie, getting rid of KD, finally swallowing his pride. And along with Joe Sign realizing, look, it's a failure. We're not going to win a title. We're not going to win a championship with these guys here. It's headache after headache after headache. All right. How can we rebuild without stripping it totally down? And I thought Sean Marks honestly did a phenomenal job in doing that. And the Nets are, you know, they're, they're not going to be title contenders because in the NBA, you're usually there or it's all or nothing. But they're in a good middle ground right now with young players and a lot of assets that they recouped after they gave them all away in that James Harden trade. Yeah, Pat, you're you're right. They they essentially went from a title contender to a playoff play-in borderline type team. Um, but the only thing I want to bring up, because I, I agree with a lot of what you said, is something that I bring up a lot about going for it, right? how I love when teams go for it with an actual chance to get it, and the Suns just did it right now. The Nets went for it, right? It didn't work, albeit how it happened. I told you guys a while back, right? They had that series with the Bucks. They're up like 40 in that game, game two. Then they get injured, and that's really the big turning point in this whole thing. And the way that this all down, you know, went out about was that injury to Harden and Kyrie in that series. They go from looking like a cakewalk to the finals to no longer, you know, that team. And then all the snowball effect happens after, but. They're right back in the same spot they were in. That's my point, right? Like they went for it. It didn't work. But when you go all in for these guys, you're usually getting almost the same type of return back anyway. So essentially they gave themselves a three, four-year window to really go for it. Again, it didn't work, but you gave yourself a chance. And you're right back where you were. You've got a few young, good pieces right now. Some picks. You've got capital. You've got a chance. They're back where they were. No harm, no foul. Like more teams should take that model and just try for it and go for it. And if it doesn't work and you're not dumb enough to just let these guys walk in free agency, you get almost that full return back, sometimes even more. Great point, Cody. Great point all around. You want teams to go for it, right? Like the reason that the play-in exists is, that, is for this exact reason, right? You want more teams sending it in to try to make the playoffs and try to be a contender. They seriously did it. And with all this being said and with Pat being kind of on the nose the entire time through – with them becoming a circus and not becoming a circus and becoming a circus again, I think you do this 10 times over, right? Like if you have the chance again, going back in a time machine, not knowing what you know now, can you get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, even knowing what you know, you go, you go again, you do Absolutely, it. Absolutely. Pete. The next hundred out of a hundred thing, the Knicks and Knicks fans who said, Oh, we didn't want you anyway. Oh, like blah, blah, blah. We, we, we lucked out and we didn't want you anyway, so it's all good. Glad you ruined someone else's franchise. Baloney, bro. Baloney. Knicks fans wanted them so bad. And honestly, right now, if Kevin Durant were a free agency and said one nice thing about the Knicks, Knicks fans would be creaming everywhere. They'd be so damn excited. Because, they, like, let's be honest here. Let's be honest. If you get Kevin Durant, you are ecstatic. Ecstatic. So, Nets fans, 
They fell in love. They fell out of love. And they're probably hurt right now. But your team did something that many other teams don't even have the chance to do. So it didn't work. I thought it would at certain points. I love Kevin Durant. And guess what? He might be on the new favorite in the NBA. So let's talk about the Phoenix Suns. And they got they got themselves the other – well, the walking bucket in the league, now joining one of the other walking buckets in the league in Devin Booker. They still got Chris Paul. They lose Bridges and Johnson on the wing depth. But, man, it is easy to now say perhaps that the Suns should be right back on top of the West once they're all healthy and looked at as favorites to be back in the finals and possibly win the damn thing. So, with this being said, Kevin Durant and the Nets was really hard to trust. Chris Paul and his history has been really hard to trust in the playoffs. The Suns as a franchise haven't quite gotten over the hump. They haven't won that championship. Where do we land now, Pat? Kevin Durant's in Phoenix. They got incredible scoring, incredible pedigree. They still got Aiton. Now it's time for them to show up, and their window, which was closing, may have just been propped open for a bit longer. Yeah, this is the move they needed to make. In a wide-open Western Conference, it's basically anybody's for the taking. And I know that's no disrespect to the Joker, who, again, is right up there at the top for me in the MVP consideration. And now with a Michael Porter, a healthy Michael Porter, and a healthy Jamal Murray, you're seeing the returns on that. They're the best team in the West. That being said, I, I think I'd be... I think anybody would be uh, fooling themselves if they're saying that they're unbeatable in a best of seven series. I think Golden State, even though Steph is hurt again, will like their chances come April. I know Memphis will like their chances come April. I'm surprised they didn't try to pull a trigger for a Durant trade. Maybe they did. We didn't hear any rumors about it. Um, but Phoenix went and did what it took to establish themselves as the favorites in the West. And that's what they are, in my opinion. They should win the West. They should go to the NBA championship now with Kevin Durant. The only thing is they're not very deep anymore. Remember, they gave away Mikael Bridges to the Nets. They gave away Cam Johnson. Jay Crowder hadn't played all year. It was only a matter of time before they finally dealt him. Uh, but they also dated away, uh, dealt away Dario Saric um, in a trade as well today. Uh, so their bench is a little thin. Um, you know, TJ Warren's going to have a chance to win that starting spot over from Torrey Craig. But, I mean, you're talking about guys like Damian Lee, Saban Lee, Jock Landale, Bismack Biombo. So the, the Suns are going to be a very top-heavy team, and they're going to need to flow. They're going to need to get that chemistry going from now until April with KD and Aiton, the spacing between KD and Booker, the isolation, the pick-and-roll movements, how that offense is going to operate because – when they're at their best, this is a team that can easily drop a buck 25 a night. And on a night where Booker doesn't go for 40, you know, KD can. And Chris Paul, honestly, I can't wait for like a couple of weeks from now, whenever KD comes back and they get a couple games under their belt, because CP3 should be dropping like 16 assists per game, just feeding these guys, teeing them up left and right. So they're going to be fun to watch. Um, I, I would pick the Suns to win the West as of today. Yeah, Pat, I think the thing that scares me most with Phoenix has got to be their health, right? Like you mentioned, Kevin Durant's coming off another injury, another surgery. Chris Paul's been in and out, and now Devin Booker's got two times a hamstring injury. So you got to be careful with him. But if it's all there, if it's all right, when healthy, I do think they have now cemented themselves as the new favorite in the West. But you better watch out for the Nuggets because they're still coming, no doubt about it. And they've got, like you said, their guys healthy. They've been playing together. Go ahead real quick. 
Yeah, I was just going to I was going to wait until you're finished. I just wanted to add too. Um, you know, I, I don't want to sell the sun short. You know, they will get Cameron Payne back at some point. So there's the backup point guard in case Chris Paul gets hurt. But right now, Landry Shamit's out indefinitely. That's a big shooter for them coming off the bench that was playing some big minutes and and, you know, averaging basically where he's been for his entire career, 10 points a game, but somebody that's getting all of his points off of threes, taking five threes a game. Uh, you know, his shooting percentages have been a little bit down this year, but, you know, he's been out basically now for over a month. So that's another piece they're going to need. We know how deep you got to be to win an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I think the starting lineup, they added KD to a team that went to the finals in 2021. We know the epic game seven collapse at home against Dallas last year in the conference semifinals. But, you know, again, I don't think there's any team when you look at the top five guys that are better right now than Phoenix. Yeah. And the, the piece they got back for Sarge is Darius Baisley from OKC. He's like a nice player, but he's very inconsistent. So not a guy that I'm like, oh, wow, we can rely on him now in that spot. But real quick, the, the, the thing I really like and I'm intrigued to watch with them is the fact that they've got Chris Paul, one of the great basketball minds, the great point guard, the point god, the guy with one of the just best feels for the game, you know, when to pick his spots, when to get the hot hand going. For have him and the guy Kevin Durant who can just go seamlessly, I think, into any offense because he doesn't need to dominate the ball. He doesn't need to dominate possession. You've seen him do it already with Golden State. To see those two work together and have Devin Booker working off of them and with them that's going to be fun. I was kind of hoping it would be Chris Paul coming to Brooklyn, but whatever it is to get Chris Paul and Durant to play together, that's going to be so fun to watch. So to me, healthy, they are the new favorite in the West. The Kevin Durant fitting in with anybody is, is a great point, right? Like the, one, one of the pure, yeah, you're, yeah, you're well, you're welcome, Cody. You're welcome. Uh, that's your second compliment for me so far. Pat's only got one. You're ahead. You're winning. <laughs> Boom. Like around and, the horn. <laughs> exactly. So Kevin Durant. Like, sweet. You should have the points tally. I got to figure out how to do that. That'd be, that'd be a fun episode. We got, I'll, I'll put that to research. AKA me. All right. So Kevin Durant fitting in with all of these different types of teams and players in his career at this point, you know, maybe you could make a debate and say that the way Kyrie plays is a little bit similar to the way like Devin Booker kind of plays, but not really right. Devin Booker's a little more off the ball. Like Chris Paul is not like Kyrie. He's not like Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's one of a kind. And Kevin Durant has found success with all of them, as well as the Golden State system, which is not for everybody. And especially somebody who is a big time scorer who wants all their touches. Kevin Durant's not that guy. So seeing who's going to get the shots and the shot breakdown is going to be incredible to me. You got two of the best go and get one guys in the league now and Booker and Durant together when they're both healthy. And then the best guy, or, you know, maybe at this point, top three or four guy setup from Chris Paul, it's going to be super exciting. And I really just am hoping that they stay healthy. Cause if they lose due to injury again, like I'm just going to be sad, right? Like I'd rather them just get beat. I'd rather somebody beat them. I'd rather them, it almost feels bad to say like, I'd rather them fall on their face, but like I'd almost rather see them be healthy, play competitive basketball and come up short than another year of saying, Oh, well, Chris Paul's hamstring got, you know, a little tight up. Uh, in the playoffs, Kevin Durant hurt his foot. Devin Booker was out for four games. Like I just, I'm praying we don't get that because I don't want to be stripped of that as basketball fans. And looking at the odds quickly before we move to football, the Celtics still the number one uh, favorite to win, plus three fifty on DraftKings, followed by the Suns at plus four twenty five. Then you get a little drop to six hundred for the Bucks, eight hundred for the Nuggets, 
followed by the Clippers, Sixers, and then a big drop to the Grizzlies, Warriors, Mavericks. Like So there is kind of a big three or four here, if you will, going from the Celtics, Suns, Bucks, and Nuggets. And then after that, you know, you got a mishmash. But the West, it got better, and it was already good. It was already kind of mucky on who was the, the best of the West. It's been the Nuggets from consistency standpoint, but we know the Suns were in it always. Now they're more in it. The Warriors got a little better, bringing back Gary Payton. The Lakers got a little better. I'm surprised that their number is still plus 5,000 just based off. I assume the public is going to be touching up that number a little bit. Still, they're not looked at as a favorite. So it may have just got a little bit clearer in the Western Conference. And also quickly, it got a little bit clearer in the Eastern Conference as well, not having the Nets really being in that championship conversation. Now you're just looking at the Bucks, the Mavericks, I'm sorry, the uh, Cavaliers, the um, – Sixers and I'm forgetting one who helped me out. Boston. And right. The number one. Best one. Yeah. The one (laughs) I mentioned before and the, and the Boston Celtics. So this helps probably the heat and the Knicks look more at that five, six seed and say, that's tangible. We can probably get there and not have to go through the play in, but the Nets are still going to compete. So it's not a gimme. So any last thoughts on the Western conference standings, the Eastern conference standings and kind of the, the landscape of the league right now. Super quick, the Bucks made two good ads with Jay Crowder and Mike Muscala to help bolster that lineup, add some shooting. So I think the Bucks. I mean, I think it's just one and two with them in Boston, but I think they made moves where Boston hasn't. So good moves for them. I also – I like what Minnesota did, um, getting, getting D'Angelo Russell out of there, especially Carl Anthony Towns is going to be back soon. And, I mean, we were trashing the Timberwolves in the beginning of the year because of how pathetic their defense was. And D'Angelo Russell was the poster guy for that. He is a absolute liability on defense. And exchange, they get back primarily Mike Conley, who you know is going to be a little bit better defensively. And you know that he is going to operate more in a facilitator role rather than Russell, who is a score first, shoot first point guard. When you've got so many weapons on that team, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns coming back. Russell was getting in the way of their success. And any night that he had 30 or 32 was offset by the horrendous defense he put on display time and time again, especially um, the shot making down the stretch in, in critical situations. I'll never forget that that shot he took in game five against the Grizzlies in the playoffs where he basically just slammed it off the backboard on a pull up Jay when they had everybody set up for a look. So I like that trade getting Conley back and, and obviously what the Lakers did. I mean, how did they get away with getting Russell Westbrook and then being able to move him and actually getting valuable pieces back in that trade. I mean, Rob Palenka finally earned his job, at least for now, um, because I think putting Davis, LeBron, and Westbrook in the beginning probably could be a fireable offense, but he's at least trying to save his bacon here and give them a chance to get into the play-in and see if uh, LeBron and AD can take over at that point. And now we're looking at the Lakers – 25 and 30, but just uh, two games back from the 10 seed right now, four games back from the six seed. Uh, but it seems like the tough thing for them is not going to be making the play in tournament as they can probably catch the Trailblazers. We'll see what happens with New Orleans and their health issues. Uh, but catching that top six is going to be ex- incredibly difficult. You know, we didn't mention the Kings, but they've been sneakily the one of the more consistent teams in the Western Conference, which shouldn't be a sentence that's said out loud, but here we are. The Kings are fun and they're actually playing, you know, good basketball. The Grizzlies lost eight out of ten. They're still number two. So that kind of shows what their caliber is that they can go on that type of slide and still be a two seed. 
Um, but the West is still stacked on the Eastern Conference front. I mentioned before with the Heat and the Knicks looking much more realistically at that five and six seed as a chance to make the playoff, uh, the play playoffs, not to play in. And the Knicks band, just to quickly mention them, they got Josh Hart. That's a trade that I think everybody kind of likes. Cam Reddish, who is useless for them. They turn him into a guy who's a good rebounder, good defender, could score a little bit, does the little things. Definitely a Tibbs type of player in Josh Hart. Somebody who you can see plugging into the rotation is worth giving 25 minutes a night to. Very interested to see where those minutes come from and where do they go because it's not going to be simple to give all the minutes to, you know, obviously Brunson and Randall are getting theirs, but then Barrett, Grimes, Hart have to get their chunks. I assume McBride and Obi Toppin for now are going to be the ones who kind of lose some minutes as quickly as been looked at as a really important player for them. But they got to be now smelling the blood in the water with that six seed or that five seed because they can get there. They really, really can. So what is your guys' prediction quickly on the Knicks here? Do they trend up here and lock in a playoff spot, or do you think they're going to end up in the playing tournament? I think they get the six. Uh, I think they get the six. I think they're going to jump Brooklyn. And now look, the Nets, I mean, you talk about a team that was an absolute dud at the trade deadline, a team that, you know, went for it and is maxed out is the Chicago Bulls. Um, so they beat the, you know, Levine, they should have, I know they wanted, they tried to move the Levine to the Knicks. I'm glad the Knicks said no to that. You know, how many picks they needed to give up, plus Quentin Grimes, Fournier and Rose are, are totally disposable. But Toppin, Grimes, and three first rounds on top of that, no thank you. So I'm glad the Knicks did not partake in Chicago trying to strip down and get a big return back. Um, good job. The Josh Hart trade is great. He fits right into their identity. Best offensive rebounder and rebounder in general for anybody six foot five or shorter. Grabs eight rebounds a game, and that's the Knicks' identity, grabbing second-chance points, crashing the offensive glass. So, you know, again, credit to the Nets for beating the Bulls in, in game one within the KD and Kyrie era being over. Um, but I still think they don't have enough right now. The Knicks really should finish with a better record than the Nets now. And then that comes down to Miami, who, for the most part, didn't do a whole lot at the deadline either. So I I, I really do think the, the Knicks could, could overtake the Heat, come down the stretch, and – you know, that would if they put them both uh, above both of them, you know, you're talking about a five seed and probably the best matchup they could ask for in the first round if it comes against Cleveland. Um, but if the Knicks get the six and avoid the play in, I think that is a job well done in the regular season for them. Yeah, I, I think they are actually where they're going to end up. I think they're going to stay a seven seed. I think Miami might jump Brooklyn, but I, I think Brooklyn's going to be just kind of that that fun team throughout the rest of the regular season that any given night, any guy can be the big scorer and the closer. You've got probably four guys who could be realistically the 30 point guy that night. So I think they will be like a fun kind of end of the regular season, stay in the six seed. They've already got a little cushion and then they'll fizzle out in the playoffs because you need stars in the playoffs. But um, yeah. And I think that's kind of where they're going to stay at is at, at the seven seed as the Knicks. I think the three and a half game lead that the Nets hold right now after their win here on uh, Thursday night is good. But if I had to be a betting man, I would say that the Knicks catch them by the three and a half. Like I think they just could catch them there, but the Knicks got to play good basketball, right? Like, like you said, Cody, this Nets team is going to be scrappy and they're going to compete. If the Knicks can just figure out a way to get those three games back, you know, there are four games back in the loss column right now. I think that's reasonable. I'm, I, I would bet on it. Um, but I don't feel like incredibly confident in it. I'm not looking at it as a lock that, oh, 
yeah, it's the Knicks, man. They're now they're locked in for the five six. Now this team's been a little bit too inconsistent to trust them to take care of business on their own end, let alone the Nets playing pretty good basketball. And now before we start talking about football, I just got to apologize. I had the uh, wrong mic selected this entire time. I don't know if you guys can hear the difference now over there, but uh, I know when I click play on this podcast, when I start to edit it to post it, that the first thirty minutes are going to be trash audio for me and. I'm sorry. I I hate when I do that. And I selected the freaking mic before we started and I clicked it. I know I clicked it and then it wasn't, it wasn't it. And I know that it happened because when Pat was talking, I let out a little burp when I thought I was muted. And I think Pat heard it because I saw him go, is that right, Pat? Does that happen? No, if I'm being totally honest, no. Well, well, I actually did hear it. See, it happened. I knew it happened. And now I'm upset. I'm prematurely upset now because I'm going to go back and hit play and it's going to be like this loud, screechy mic that's going to piss me off. So if you're still here listening, thank you. And uh, I'll sound better now moving forward. Because I hate, nothing drives me more insane than when I have trash audio and I typically don't. And every once in a while, the stupid setting messes up and here we are. God damn it. God damn it. Freaking stupid mic settings. All right. You're too hard on yourself, Pete. Get it out, buddy. Okay. No, no, no. When you guys go click play tomorrow, you're going to hear it and you'll be like, Ugh, yeah, that sounds pretty bad. That sounds pretty bad. Anyways, now I sound better. Now we can talk about the Super Bowl and have some fun with it. So let's do just that. Set the scene. We all know the game. Chiefs, Eagles, Andy Reid against the Eagles. Kelsey brothers facing off all these great storylines. Mahomes trying to get back to the top after doing it a couple of years back. Never uh, even he's only, I should say he's only ever made it to AFC championship games when he's the starting quarterback. He's now made it to his third Super Bowl, looking for that second ring. He is him. He is trying to prove that he is undoubtedly the number one Jalen hurts, trying to prove that he's not some fluky quarterback who just had the easy schedule and took care of business with a great roster around him. A lot of things to be proven in this Super Bowl. The spread has been very interesting. It's been one and a half in favor of the Chiefs from the beginning, then mostly been Eagles minus one and a half since. And here we are right now, almost an even split on the cash and tickets. 54% of the cash on the Chiefs on 48% of the tickets. That's what I'm seeing, which means 46% of the cash on the Eagles and 52% of the tickets. Not a lot of spread, not a lot of public fading opportunities, not a lot of follow the money opportunities here. So with all that being said, Cody, I'll go to you first. On this game, since we knew the matchup, did you have a lean a week and a half ago? Has it changed, and where do you sit right now? I'm still just riding the Chiefs' future, so I got to stick with the preseason pick, man. I, I said when we came on last time that I might try and hedge it down the middle with the Bengals, but then it came out that Mahomes is running around. We're seeing videos of him in practice. I'm like, all right, let's roll then, boys. Like, let's go. So I'm rolling with the Chiefs. I mean, I think the Eagles, they got the better offensive line. That's no question. They've got better wideouts. That's no question. They've got better backs. That's not much of a question. Better defensive line, better secondary. But there's just one difference. It's that bad man, Patty Mahomes. And if a game gets close late, that's the team. That's the guy I want on my side. I'd rather them you know, down four late, then up three, and the Eagles have the ball type of situation. But I just trust that if the game's close, that Mahomes is going to get it done. 
And maybe I'm hoping for a little NFL rigged refs are on his side. They want to see Mahomes close in on Brady, things like that. So I got to ride with the Chiefs, man. If they're healthy the way they seem to be, if Mahomes took this two weeks is in, you know, close to 100%, then let's ride with the guy that's gotten there three out of six years, six straight AFC championship games. I mean, you got to give the guy his flowers and you can't really discredit him. And it feels like a lot of people are going towards Philly probably for the things I mentioned on paper, they are a better team, but that position, the quarterback, yeah, that, that matters an awful lot in this game we call football. It's funny how Cody, you mentioned that the Eagles have the better positions at basically every other part of the field. Um, and Hertz has been an MVP candidate. If he didn't get hurt, he might've had an actually shot to win it over Mahomes. Mahomes is going to win it, but you're right. When it comes down to Patrick Mahomes, yeah, that's that's the ultimate factor. That's the ultimate decider in this one. And you're right. If they have the ball with a chance to win it or tie it late, you trust. You almost expect it to happen. Right? You almost expect it to happen. This isn't like the Super Bowl against the Bucks, where the offensive line was in total shambles. Three guys were out. The offensive line, yeah, they're going to have their hands full with that Philly pass rush with Hassan Reddick and, uh, and Fletcher Cox up the middle. But you know Mahomes is going to be getting the ball out of his hand like this. Two seconds, two and a half seconds. It'll be gone. So, you know, look for – Obviously, Kelsey to have a, a huge role, a huge game for them. I mean, they're gonna, he's probably going to get the ball. He's probably going to be targeted 14 to 15 times. But then also, if Philly doubles him, you have those other tight ends, Noah Gray, uh, you know, guys like that that have played a big role for them. And then, of course, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We've seen him have a big game in the playoffs. Juju's obviously a good possession receiver that they can go to. And then, look, I mean, Kadarius Tony, man, you talk about an X factor, somebody that could actually – like make huge plays for them, um, you know, where you're saying who's going to be the guy to step up for them in the Super Bowl. It honestly could be Kadarius Tony, And I know it's going to make a lot of Giants fans like yourself angry if you see him go off and score a touchdown or maybe even two in the Super Bowl. Um, but they've got the weapons. Mahomes knows how to get them the ball. Can't wait to watch Isaiah Pacheco, Rutgers guy, run the rock. Um, and then what McKinnon can do. So they have plenty of weapons. And if Mahomes is under center, I think they're going to find a way to get between 24 and 30 points. And um, yeah, it's, it's tough to, to go against the chiefs. And then the other thing you mentioned, Cody, that game, that game seemed about as rigged as you could have it in the AFC championship game. So what is going to stop the refs from ruling in the chiefs favor again on Sunday? Like you actually, it's right in front of our eyes. They're no longer trying to hide it from us. So it's something you have to consider. The only thing that I have to say about the referees is it was made such a big deal after the Bengals game that I almost would guess that you get it going the other way to start the game, if that makes sense. Like a little bit of compensation, a little makeup call for from the refs. Like without even a lot of things with refs too, in my opinion, is subliminal, right? Like they don't even really mean to do certain things, but it happens, right? When you have a coach in football or basketball harping on you for missing holds, you're missing holds, you're missing holds. It's in your head. You're now looking at holds. You might call one, right? It's, or it's going to go the complete opposite way where, ah, frick this guy. I'm definitely not calling it now, right? But it usually goes one of two ways, and it's because they're human. It's because there's human error. And, and this whole stink about it being rigged and, all oh, the refs wanted this and the league wants that. Like, I hate all that crap. Like, it really actually kind of bothers me when people are saying that the NFL is rigged. Like, I'm actually glad that the whole scripted thing out of the Arian Foster interview became such a joke because that he they were kidding. Right. Oh, can we agree on that? Like Arian Foster was not telling the truth in that interview that he got a script for the NFL season. Right. 
Yeah, I think that was pretty obvious. They were joking, Pete. But if you're telling me that the refs weren't basically giving the Kansas City Chiefs every chance possible late in that game, I mean, they literally redid a play. They they, redid a play for the Chiefs for no reason. Did they get every chance possible? Yes, they did. But if you go back to those plays, like those calls were all justified. Like the push out of bounds was the a push out of bounds absolutely was, but they mm-hmm. missed a holding call on that play. They missed an offensive holding and they missed a block in the back on that punt return that, that got them set up in excellent field position. Those were egregious right. misses. And and that always fine. happens though. And that happens all the time. Like, like we hear all the time, there's holding on every play in the NFL, right? Like you can go through it a million times over. And if you watch everything in slow motion, there's even more penalties on every single play. But this idea that like the NFL is like, Oh, Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. That would be them not responding to the data. The data shows that Joe Burrow is just as big of a pull. And in fact, the public betters of the world told us that they're even a bigger favorite than the Chiefs right now. Forever, for the past three or four years, the Chiefs have been the going ahead favorite and and put the most money on and the most tickets on them because everybody was picking the Chiefs and they wouldn't bet against Patrick Mahomes. This year, head-to-head, more people were betting on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. So I'm not buying this narrative that the NFL wanted Mahomes over Burrow. I think they're propping up Burrow as much as anybody else in the league. So I, I'm, I'm call me old school, call me old school, call me new school. I don't care. This ain't rigged. And I think, the I think naive just as much. I think naive would be a better word. You think so? You think you think some stuff is rigged? You think that there's enough power? amongst a few individuals to be actually shaded by either the league or other people paying them to do certain things on the football field. And I don't, I don't think it's rigged that way. I, I think it's possible though, to put maybe refs in situations or, or to do things, you know, very um, subliminally, like you mentioned to kind of favor one side. I think it's possible. Um, I'm not saying it's real or not. I'm just saying if I'm a better and I'm looking at, Every single thing that's possible, and I have to look at the refs as well. I think I'd be a little more comfortable with Mahomes on my side. That's all I'm saying. Pat, what are you saying? What am I saying? Yeah, you are you like aligning right now with fan callers who are calling in about uh, these freaking referees? I've been watching the Giants since '72, and these refs have never been so bad. Like, is that where you are right now? No, I I think that if, you know, that the refs probably get briefed before every game on things to look out for. And I probably would not be shocked if there was a discussion. Hey, if you see a hold late in the game for the Chiefs, maybe maybe keep your hand in your pocket. Maybe don't maybe don't toss that flag unless it's obvious. Let the boys play. Let the you, boys you, play. you think that's that far of a stretch? I, I mean, I, I don't think that they're telling. I think there's too many. I don't think, I don't think Roger Goodell is saying, hey, make sure the Chiefs win at all costs. I, I don't. I think this is my take on it. Generally, there are too many hands in the pot for anything like that to be uttered to more than one person. And I don't think one person has the power to overcome all these things that people say they do. Right. Like if think about what leaks in today's world. Think about the videos that get out there that shouldn't get out there. Think about the articles, the deep dives, the journalism that takes place today. I can't even fathom an idea that it wouldn't get out somewhere, that referees are being told to favor another team. I honestly, I would be, I would be flabbergasted if that came out to be true. 
I don't know, man. There's some bad stuff that goes on that doesn't get covered, that uncovered until 10, 15 years later. I mean, you, you saw the report, just the first thing that comes to my mind about the, the toxic workplace environment that was created by Robert Sarver and the Sons, about how there was like blatantly obvious sexism, misogynism, um, misogyny, and uh, and everything that Dan Snyder has done at the helm of, of the Washington Redskins football team commanders. So that's like terrible things that should be reported that don't for years. So it would not shock me if maybe there are some very vague discussions in terms of how to referee a game before it begins that is communicated in some way. Counterpoint heard. Counterpoint heard. Sarver's been hated for a long time, but there were not specifics being reported for a long time as well. So, you know, you might have a point there, uh, but I mean, maybe it is naivety. Maybe it is me being a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit light in the loafers. I don't know if that's the right phrase there. I just trying to try to think of something, but like, I don't know. I, I find I would find it hard to believe. I guess maybe that's me being naive, but I'm staying with it. I, I just don't think that there's a, a realistic opportunity for direction to be given to these referees to do something like that. And I don't know. I, I'm probably in the minority on that front too, which kind of blows my mind. I think just very subtly. That's all. Not like blatantly obvious. Just very subtly. I think it's possible to place things certain ways to kind of you know boost the ratings or whatever their agenda might be. Right. Yeah. It may be true. And I guess, I guess we'll find out if the calls are in a certain favor here. Cause you know, Eagles fans will be flipping out if they're not getting the calls they think they deserve. But then again, and Ryan Rosillo kind of always plays this role too. I, I love when he kind of treads this line here. He's like, no matter what happens, somebody's upset. Like no matter what rule changes put in place, somebody's upset. No matter what the call is, somebody's upset. You kind of can't avoid it. And in that regard, that's kind of where I'm like, is it even a worthwhile conversation? Because no matter what happens, somebody's feeling left out. Somebody's feeling upset. And, and same thing with rule changes. The perfect example is the NBA versus NFL free agency and draft, right? NBA fans are like, damn, I really wish, uh, you know, free agency was before the draft. So we knew what we needed when we were drafting. And the NFL, it's the opposite. And NFL fans, you know, I really wish the draft was before for, before free agency, right? Like it, no matter what happens, like somebody's feeling a little bit beat on it. So that's kind of where I land, I guess. And I don't know. We spent enough time on that. So let's talk more about this game here. Obviously, I kind of align with you guys on the front of the Eagles being more talented in every position except for quarterback. And that sells Jalen Hurts short only in the sense that it makes him sound like he's not talented. He is, but he obviously has now the biggest stage of his career to prove it. So before we uh, go back and forth, I want to talk about Hurts a little bit. As we mentioned, Mahomes and, and what he obviously is already. What do we expect out of Hertz and kind of what do you want to see to help solidify his stance in this league as, as a top 10 surefire quarterback versus a possible top five type quarterback? Cause there's still a little bit of chirping about Hertz's ability based off the fact that his O-line so good, his receivers are so good and the defense is so good. So what do we need to see from Hertz to prove that he is that guy that he can jump into that upper echelon? He's going to have to take this game in his hands and 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 deliver, you know, a big performance. You look back at what he did against the San Francisco 49ers, 15 to 25, 121 yards, no touchdowns, 11 carries, 39 yards and a touchdown, which he got late. I believe I think that was late in the third quarter and the game was basically already decided. Um, now, I'm not of the Chris Sims school of thinking who I saw go viral for saying, um, you know, that uh 
Jalen Hurts basically this is the easiest team to quarterback or, you know, uh, Julian Love, I know, made a lot of noise saying that Nick Sirianni's in for a free ride because you don't really have to coach this team. I don't adhere to either of those schools of thinking. I think Sirianni's done a phenomenal job, and I think that Jalen Hurts has done a tremendous job. He's an MVP candidate for a reason. That being said, we mentioned they have so much talent around them. The receiving core, A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae Smith, what they've been able to do excuse me, what they've been able to do with, with Goddard this year. And, uh, and obviously the two back system with Sanders and Scott, even Gainwell getting the mix. And then of course, yeah, Hertz can, can hurt you with his feet. Um, but I would love to see them open up his arm and get a couple of quick throws, a couple of short throws early on, because that's where this game is going to be won or lost for Philadelphia. Um, sure. If they beat teams like they have so many times this year, they could run it down Kansas city's throat but give Steve Spagnolo two weeks to game plan. He is going to find a way to limit that run game one way or another. They are not going to get beat for 200 plus yards on the ground. Uh, I promise you that. So I would love to see Hertz open it up a little bit with his arm and keep that chief's defense honest. And a guy that I think could possibly turn into a household name. He's going to have ample opportunities to get 14, 15, 16 tackles as Nick Bolton, the chief's middle linebacker, who's been an excellent run stopper. He's on the verge of becoming a household name. He's on the verge of becoming an all-pro linebacker. I mean, he had 180 tackles this year, second in the NFL, only to Roquan Smith. So um, I believe it was Roquan Smith. Nick Bolton's going to have his hands full, the young 22-year-old stopping that run game. Uh, But, yeah, to answer your question, Pete, um, we know Hurts can do it with his legs. He's done it all year. Can he do it with his arm in the biggest game of his life? Yeah, that's 100% what it would take to shut up the – you know, critics, mostly probably on social media, you know, those type of people who are just going to hate no matter what, because to be honest, all he has to do is what he's already done. He's already solidified himself. He's just gotten himself into the Super Bowl. He didn't have a fantastic game against the Niners. He won the football game. They went out, they won the game. They did it the way they needed to do it. It doesn't always have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to be 250 plus pass yards and two plus passing touchdowns for it to have been a good performance, you know, like how did he perform on third down and short? How did he perform in the red zone? Like those types of things, those swing plays in a game, that's what you have to see from a guy. But to shut up the critics, it has to be on his arm. He probably has to do something late in obvious past situations. But Pat, I love that you brought up my guy Spags as you've got the, uh, you know, giant's lamp in the background. Because if I know anything about Spags, he's going to blitz the hell out of Jalen Hurts. He's going to try and hurry up that pocket. He's going to try and get him uncomfortable. Obviously, stop the run and see, can you beat us with your arm? He's shown that he can throw that deep ball. He can beat you with his arm, but can he do it for a football game, for an entire game? And can he do it while he's dueling with the best quarterback? And I'm going to break some not-so-breaking news for you guys. Mahomes was just named MVP. So that's who he's dealing with on the other side. The best quarterback in the game. That's who he has to try and out-duel. It's going to take a lot, but if he does that, yeah, that guy's quite clear top five in any regard from anyone. If you say otherwise, you're really just a hater, and that's coming from me. You guys know where I stand on Philadelphia as a whole. Not super pro, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Not my favorite. And and from a gambling perspective here, if you're looking at Jalen Hurts and you are on the Eagle side of things here, uh, Jalen Hurts is plus 125 to uh, win MVP in the Super Bowl here. So you can see that if you're on YouTube, you can see uh, the odds that I have up there for Super Bowl MVP. 
you know, he's plus 125. If you're betting the Eagles straight up or, um, you know, minus one and a half here, you're obviously going to lay that pretty standard minus 110 to minus 120 juice if you're going money line. Hertz is going to probably win MVP if they're going to win, right? Like out of all the years of Super Bowl MVPs, there have only been a handful of non-quarterback MVPs. I know we had one last year in Cooper Cup, pretty unique situation where he was also breaking the record for most receiving yards in an NFL season, including playoffs. So there was more of a storyline there. We're looking at the odds on YouTube right now. Mahomes is plus 120. Hertz is plus 125. You got to go down to Kelsey at plus 1,200 and then A.J. Brown at plus 1,800 to get anyone else. If you want to go nuts, I think if you're going to go long shot for the Eagles, Hassan Reddick could be the opportunity. Strip sack, couple sacks might get the job done if they win a close one with their defense shining. But Hertz is going to do something here. And with the running, I think if he can actually run it in the Super Bowl, that'll also still help just kind of silence the critics because with a lot of these quarterbacks who rely on scoring touchdowns with their legs and picking up chunk yardage with their legs, we always hear, oh, is that going to work in the playoffs? Is that going to run into a problem when a team has ample opportunity to game plan for this running quarterback? You know, you hear it with Lamar Jackson. You heard it with some of the other running quarterbacks of, of the past history, Colin Kaepernick, Michael Vick, when they were at their peaks. Jalen Hurts, if he runs successfully here, is going to still shut up some of those other critics that, oh, a running quarterback can't do it in the in the playoffs. Not that he's just a running quarterback, but you get the point. If you're liking the Eagles here, you should probably throw some money on Jalen Hurts plus 125. It'll be better odds, and your odds of him winning MVP if they do win is probably, what, 95%. So that odd right there, that makes it kind of a no-brainer. If you like the Eagles, take Hurts at MVP. You could probably say, say the same argument for Mahomes and the Chiefs just because that extra plus uh, you know, 30-ish points in the juice there from minus 110 to plus 120 range. Like it does make a difference, and especially if you're betting a little bit of a larger chunk because it's the Super Bowl, it's kind of a no-brainer. Is there anyone else on this list, though, though guys? I mentioned Hassan Reddick. Is there anyone else on this list from a Super Bowl MVP perspective that kind of jumps out to you on either side? I think Kelsey's a good bet. Um, yep. Mahomes, you think he would win it. Um, that's the easiest pick. But, you know, let's say Mahomes throws for 280 yards and three touchdowns but Kelsey's got 12 catches for 150 and two of those touchdowns hard to not give Travis Kelsey the MVP, especially if he catches the game winning touchdown pass. And it's, you know, if it's a run after the catch, things like that matter. Cooper cup caught that game winning touchdown that solidified an already big performance. So yes, the obvious picks are both quarterbacks, but if you like to take, you know, you like to be a little spicy and like to say, Ooh, I'm the guy that can say, I told you so. Travis Kelsey plus 1,200, I think, is really good odds considering he is clear-cut their number one target on offense. Yeah, that, that great gambling term, right? Oh, the value's here. Um, A.J. Brown would be the other one I'd throw out there. You know, he goes for two touchdowns, something like that, has a big game. But I think it's probably those four. And I, I do like the Hassan Reddick um, idea of things. If he's just a complete game wrecker on that side of the ball, then, you know, you've seen like a Von Miller of past get that MVP award. But it probably stays up top. It's it's just the way it goes, man. It's a quarterback-driven league. And A.J. Brown has that unique opportunity to take a seven-yard-in-the-air pass for 70, right? Oh, yeah. and, and that thing kind of changes the math too, right? Oh, Jalen Hurts threw for 200 yards. Uh, A.J. Brown had 120 yak, right? <laughs> like that That would be obviously a, give, a big game-changer in how you do the math on MVP. Uh, totaling and and voting and whatnot as well. So I think that's the big one. I don't think there really are any other 
you know, super long shots. Like if you want to say on the defensive side for the chiefs, you you'd go Chris Jones, but you know, it, it feels like defensively, it's always such a team effort that you have to make that one super big splash play strip sack return for a touchdown, something along those lines to actually be considered to win the MVP. Uh, so I, th- I think that's pretty obvious there. Uh, in regards to other prop opportunities, guys, before we get into specifics here, how do you guys prop out the Super Bowl? Are you mostly doing, you know, your your singular props where they're minus 110 and then some of your long shot plus a couple hundred? Or are you looking to same game parlay the hell out of the Super Bowl? Well, what is your guys' strategy here as you're putting in your ample bets on Sunday? Yeah, it's probably whoever I like on the spread, Chiefs, Eagles. In this, you know, in this case, you basically have a pick them. Take the team on the money line. If you're going to take the Chiefs plus one and a half, uh, what's the chances they lose by one point? Just take a money line. Um, and then, yeah, for me, it's usually then a same-game parlay. I hit a nice one, plus 1,000 last year with the Rams. Um, Rams plus three and a half, which I even I went for some extra cushion. Could have even had, even had better odds. But I usually will take two receivers that I think will have a big game. Um, if if I'm really confident one quarterback's going to throw for a ton, which I feel like you have to feel that way with Mahomes and, and, and uh, Kansas City. So there's already one leg I'm going to have. Mahomes probably over 250 yards. And then uh, Kelsey either catches or yards. I usually just lean with the yardage rather than going to catches. But again, he's probably going to get targeted 12 to 15 times. Um, and then I don't know. I'm, I'm iffy right now about Hertz rushing yards, but I usually don't take props straight up. It's usually just for me, the spread and then a same game parlay. I try not to get too crazy. It's, it's the last game of the year. You, you have to get too crazy. <laughs> Come on. Are you kidding me? We built this up all year. You're going to tell me now you're going conservative. Oh my goodness. No, dude, it, it starts from the coin toss. I've taken heads the last like three years. I think it's hit all three years. Um, and speaking of last year, I, I got to bring it up because I had the gambling day of my life last year. It started with heads and then uh, Odell Beckham first touchdown. I had Cooper Cup MVP. But in between that, best bet, biggest bet of my life, I hit on uh, plus 10,000, the correct score, 23 to 20 Rams was. Uh, yeah. So wow. heart was beating. yeah, it was it was, a, it was a crazy day. Yep. Yeah. So I don't expect to repeat that success. Luckily, this year, since I got that Chiefs future, I'm not going to take a side. I'm going to let that ride. I'm not going to hedge it. I'm just going all in on that future. Um, But then I'll sprinkle in the props. I'll sprinkle in the first touchdown. I'll do some same-game parlays. To me, I look at it like I'm on a seven-month hiatus coming up. Let's get it out there. Let's get everything in. I typically stay to the one side, and I definitely will take some Kelsey props because I think he's going to get absolutely peppered. I think he's scoring any time. Maybe you want to throw him in for two plus. Maybe you want to throw in his receptions or buy up his yards to like a hundred things like that. Last game of the year, man, you can't hold anything back now. That's the burden. Now, now you're convincing me. Yeah. Uh, me and Cody are already dabble in the uh, first touchdown score on basically every single. You guys, you guys game. love it. It's, it's and Come on. You can't beat that when you see, and at random tight end that you pick the second string tight end for like who freaking, I don't even know <laughs> the Browns or something on a Thursday night football game. And you take it and you're like, I knew it. You know, it's always the tight end. And you, you know, <laughs> even though you put in four different first touchdown scores, you hit one of them. You're like, yeah, I picked them. Obviously. Yeah. You know, I knew that. I don't know why you didn't, <laughs> you know, you get all cocky about it, but no, I'm looking at the first, uh, first touchdown, last touchdown, anytime touchdown scores on YouTube right now. So if you're watching, you can look along the odds there. Um, but, 
this is fun. I I have to throw in a handful of these every single Super Bowl. And the best one I could remember is the Eagles Patriots from from years back because that was a high scoring game. There's a lot of touchdowns, and I think I had like three of the touchdown scorers in that game. And I was like, wow, look at me! Like, I, thank God I only lost uh, half of my other bets to break even on the day. But whatever, it's still fun when you hit that touchdown score on the Super Bowl. It just hits different. You brag to everybody in the room that you're watching with you. Yeah, I had Pacheco first touchdown. Who'd you have? You know, it's just you have to throw it in. So who are you guys touching up here? Pat doesn't sound like you dabble, but Cody, I know you're thinking about this. Who are you throwing in for first touchdown? Maybe even a last touchdown on the Super Bowl? Any times? What do you got? Yeah, I've never done a last touchdown, but like I said, it's the Super Bowl, to. you know. I, like, <laughs> I might have like a free bet from one of my missed, many missed same game parlays in the NBA. So maybe I do like a last <laughs> touchdown. I mean, after I just said all that, it's hard not to go in Travis Kelsey's direction. Um, if I see any type of video on Twitter of like Mahomes, like bouncing up and down pregame, I'm going to drop down to him at probably, I'm going to guess like 25 to one or something like that. There you go. So 22 to one Mahomes, you know, you, you got to sprinkle some weird stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you just, you have to dude. It's, it's the best bet in sports. It's so exhilarating for the first couple minutes. You're just waiting there. And then next thing you know, you're betting first basket props and it's just not the same. It's just not the same, man. It's just not the same. <coughs> Excuse me. Somebody who I'm looking at here. You got me all choked up over here, Cody. It's just, it's just not the same. <laughs> I'm actually over for my life on those, so that's probably why. I've only hit one, and I'll never forget it. At MSG Evan Fournier, first three of the game. Shout out. The I mean, greatest – the greatest is seeing those parlayed first uh, first basket score where you see every now and then I'll see it once a year. Somebody puts a $2 bet to win like 20 grand. Yeah, I've definitely put them in. I've put them in before. You know, like if I just do this every day for like a month, am I going to get one? You know, uh, maybe we'll see. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll fire that back up. <laughs> fire that I, up. I, I admittedly put 71 cents on a four leg first basket score tonight. And the loss, worst- obviously I wouldn't be so calm about it. The worst part about it is that I've seen you put those in Cody and then I just clicked them and trailed them. Like I didn't even look at it. I just saw Cody put 62 cents on this plus 92,000. All right. I'm, I'm riding. Let's go. That's exactly it. But no, I'm, I'm going first touchdown. I usually like to put in like two or three first touchdowns just because the odds are good enough that if you just hit one of them, you're still going to come out on top as a winner. But Kenneth Gainwell is somebody who I'm looking at as first touchdown score. You know, the Eagles have a tendency to kind of, pound the ball early and try to run in that run in that first touchdown. That's why Miles Sanders is at plus 700, but we've seen Kenneth Gaywell have these really big games uh, recently. Obviously he crushed some people re- in, in the playoffs and, and he's been really, really solid. And I think the odds for Sanders and Gainwell should be a lot closer. So that's something that I just see from a value perspective to see him at plus 1800 for Sanders plus 700. I like Gainwell there. I think on the same front, you can talk about uh, Pacheco, or McKinnon, but I don't love those as much because once you get down in that red zone, it just feels like Travis Kelsey hour. And that's why even though it's chalky, you're still getting plus 700 odds on Kelsey to score the first touchdown, but also plus 600 for the last touchdown. There's a reason why he's one of the few whose last touchdown scored is less odds than his first touchdown score. He's plus 700 for first. He's plus 600 for last touchdown, which means Vegas knows. They're looking at him. They're always looking at him. Same AJ Brown has a similar setup as well, but most of the other people are even or the opposite way. 
So I think Kelsey last touchdown could be very fun. If you obviously you're going to be betting the chiefs, if that's the case and you have money on the chiefs money line and Kelsey last touchdown and he scores, man, you're taking off work Monday. Goddamn. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the type of juice you're getting from a bet like that. Uh, any long shot guys for any time. Cause some of the guys down the, down the list have some, uh, some more plus odds on any time touchdowns. Anyone down there catch your eye? Would you go defense in a game like this to score a touchdown? Who's standing out? Sky Moore, if you're really looking for the long shot, or a Noah Gray, maybe. Noah Gray. Yeah, you have to see a name that you know is going to get into the game. Like That's what's tricky about those guys. And and the same combination of McKinnon and Pacheco, you just don't know who's going to be in the game down in the red zone. That's why those guys are so hard to take. Yeah, Pat, you said Noah Gray. I feel like he's the type of guy who pops up, he makes a play, and you're like, that guy looks kind of good. Like, what's up with him? What's his story? And then and then it's all of a sudden like kind of impressive. Watson's similar as well, but Watson's more of like that chunk guy. He goes for a 40-yard catch in midfield, and you're like, wow, Justin Watson, huh? Look at that. And But, you know, you're not really probably trusting him to score a touchdown at all. And with Noah Gray, he's got a catch in every single game except one. Mm. all the way back in week four. So he's caught a pass every single game. He's only got one touchdown on the year, but that doesn't mean that Andy Reid, we know he loves getting creative. We know he loves those circus plays from the inside the five. You know they're going to have something creative drawn up for him um, or for somebody. So we'll see. And, yeah, Justin Watson, another one, um, you know, a guy that I'm looking at his game logs this year. And Justin Watson has two touchdowns. Um, hasn't done a whole lot lately, hasn't caught more than one pass um, in any game since week 12. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, I think no, I would go for Noah Gray. And, yeah. I, I got no a Nicole, no Nicole Hardman either. So that adds a little bit of juice to possibly taking like a Sky more. Yeah. You can even bet on some of these O-linemen here, which is hysterical. <laughs> well, I know a lot of people think of the Kelsey Bowl. They're going to draw. They're going to make uh, – I heard somebody say they're going to make Jason Kelsey an eligible receiver. Watch out for, for Jason Kelsey. Maybe cut, catching a touchdown if, like, the Eagles are up by 10 points and, like, if it gets out of hand, they, they kind of have the ability to go into the bag of tricks. I don't think I even saw him, though, on that list, though, Pete, on DraftKings. Yeah, he's not he's not on here, which is a shame because DraftKings could just steal all the money that that uh, everyone bet on that. Because obviously it'd be crazy to put a center at tight end or fullback or something like that. You'd have to be up big and also just have a pure fu mentality if you're pulling off something like that. I mean, that's that's obviously kind of nuts. All right, a couple more fun ones here as far as props. They got the Super Bowl specials up on DraftKings, and it's just kind of miscellaneous Super Bowl type stuff that you're never gonna bet in a regular game, but you might throw something on because it could be fun uh, here, you know, on, on Super Bowl Sunday. Things like either team to kick a game-winning walk-off field goal. What do, what do you think about that? A walk-off field goal as time expires plus 1,000 odds. Is that something that you guys dabble with on uh, on Super Bowl? Does that count for overtime too? Because plus 1,000 is... Pretty it's, juicy. It says uh, at the end of normal time. So I think right, that means right. you, you probably get void, I assume, if it goes to OT. Not one I've ever done, but I can't rule anything out. <laughs> what about any quarterback to have a reception? Plus 1,200. Two guys who might throw those trick plays in, Andy Reid. I mean, maybe. I. Yeah, I don't know. I probably wouldn't take that, but... I wouldn't blame anyone for taking anything. 
So if you're going nuts, Cody, you're going for a real crazy plus odds thing. Are you going back to the correct score? What are you, what are you looking at? Well, I have to go back to that. I have to try again. Um, you know, what's pretty fun is they have the boxes on here so you can pick your numbers. You know how everyone does the Super Bowl boxes. So mm-hmm. those are kind of fun. You can just kind of pick your numbers like a zero, zero, six, three, whatever, you know, um, those are good. I'll throw in same game parlays, like I said, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, ha- I haven't really, like I said earlier, I haven't gone in and looked too much just yet. It'll all be like this rapid fire some point on Sunday where, you know, our group chat on, on DraftKings is just going to be going off because, you know, at one hour it'll be me. I'm sure you at another, Pat at another, and our boy Mark at another one. And, and I'm thinking right now with what I have <clears throat> in my DraftKings balance, I'm going, I'm going one of two ways because I got enough to kind of maybe – give me enough room to play on the Super Bowl, but not as much as I want. So I'm full sending it until Sunday, which means I'm either going to hit big and have a bunch of money in my bank account on DraftKings, or I'm going to lose all of it and deposit on Sunday for a full slate of dollar bills, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Pat, Pat, what are we doing right now? What are we feeling? We're going we're gonna to end the show in a minute here, but I just need to feel what's in the heart of Pat Boyle as we're talking about props and picks and parlays and et cetera. It's probably the Chiefs, and then it's probably, like I said, it's like it's going to be the same game parlay for me. I know you guys love the props. You know, you're, you're going to have the first touchdown score loaded up. You're going to have some exotic things. I do love, if there's one thing I'm going to take for a prop straight up, it's Kelsey over yards. It's Kelsey anytime touchdown. I agree with Cody on that. I'm probably going to put that on there. Um, and then, yeah, probably going to be Chiefs if I'm picking a spread. And then the same gamer would probably be, I'll probably take the cushion. I'll probably go Chiefs plus three and a half, Mahomes 250 yards. Kelsey over 65 and a half yards, probably the minimum you can get or 59 and a half. That's probably the way I'm rolling. Here's an interesting one for you, Pat. Here's head to head props right now, right? This is touchdowns head to head. Travis Kelsey versus Devonta Smith. Travis Kelsey minus a half. So AK, he has to have at least one more touchdown than Devonta Smith plus 155. Really? He is the underdog for touchdowns? Well, the underdog in the regard. Oh, so you, it, it, you're getting you're getting plus 155 odds for okay. him to, for minus a half. Yeah, if he has one and Smith has one, you lose. Right. So do they have do they have do they have a do they have a money line? Money line is minus 220. But plus 155 for Kelsey to have more touchdowns than Devonta Smith. I don't know. Kind of juicy. Never would have thought of such a thing. Yeah, now that you think about it, so if the money line is minus 220 and minus a half is plus 155, if they get the same amount, do you lose? You lose, yeah. So what if would they both the have? Then? If they both have one, then Kelsey loses. You, If you have Smith at minus 200, you win. If you have the money line, a push maybe is a, is a void. It's got to be. It's got to well, be. If minus a half means he has one more money line would mean he'd have one more. Because if they and maybe and so yeah, if they tie, you definitely push. Yeah. Essentially, you're betting that Devontae Smith won't score, and you're hoping to get now Kelsey anytime touchdown at plus one fifty five as opposed to minus one thirty five. That's really the bet. Mm, mm. And that that makes so it sound a about more stupid. Actually, I think <laughs> I don't know. I don't what know. If you take, but if you take Kelsey anytime and Devonta Smith also scores, and you're gonna feel you're gonna feel stupid that you didn't just take him anytime. Ugh, God damn it. See, this is why you're right, Pat, and me and Cody are going to lose all our money on Sunday. 
<laughs> no, no, because he could. He could easily have A.J. Brown catch one, Miles right. Sanders one, one, run one, Hurts run one, Eagles kick two field goals, they have 27 points. Yeah, that's true. Stop being that's rational, Pat. It's so annoying. No, that's good. <laughs> it's good for you. All right, well, I'm going to go and go ahead and say this is my final thought here. Cody, I'll let you go in a second. I'm also betting the Chiefs. I didn't want to. My, I said all week that my head was with, I'm sorry, my heart was with the Chiefs, but my head was with the Eagles. Well, guess what? I guess I'm betting with my heart, guys, because I'm riding with Mahomes and I'm riding with Andy Reid and I'm riding with the Chiefs. So that's my pick for Sunday. I'll put some more props out that I'm officially taking before Sunday. Uh, but Cody, what say you? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm riding with the Chiefs. I got to stick with them, man. It's been my preseason pick. It's gotten me this far. It's Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. I think it's the two best teams, but uh, I got to ride with, with the Chiefs. So we're all on the Chiefs. Who's Mark taking? Anybody now? Mark's definitely taking the Chiefs, if I had can, to guess. Can Mark, can Mark pick one? Can he bet on just one game? Does, do does, he, does he know how to make picks without having, you know, four favorites to choose from? To get the <laughs> He'll have Chiefs plus seven and a half, Chiefs over 15 and a half points, Eagles over 14 and a half points. Mahomes, and one touchdown. And Mahomes, one touchdown. Jalen Hurts <laughs> to not throw four picks. <laughs> Jalen Hurts to not, Jalen Hurts under three and a half interceptions at minus 8,000, just to get it from <laughs> minus 110, minus 120 to minus 115. Yeah, that's it. Book it. I'm already I'm predicting Mark's pick right now. If I if there were odds on predicting Mark's pick, I think we would hit that bet. Uh, but yeah, that's all we got. Subway Sports Talk. It's been a nice Super Bowl preview, talking about all the stuff, all the happenings uh, that's going to take place on Sunday. Very exciting time. It's it's the Super Bowl. It's literally the Super Bowl. You can't ask for much more than this. Plus all the NBA stuff. We're obviously going to keep hitting that uh, through the All Star break and more. And then baseball, freaking baseball, is right. Here it's right there. It's like in an eye shot almost. What do we got? Like forty-eight days or something like that until something happens. Pump the brakes on the baseball. <laughs> you're not ready, Pat. I'm excited. I'm yeah. Let it let it happen. I, I dude, you're skipping March Madness. I'm I'm getting ready to get full into college hoops and point. NBA and a little hockey and let baseball come to me in the middle of March. I'll get start getting jacked up about it then. That's a good point. That's a good point. Honestly, I'm usually right on your side. I'm not always thinking baseball super far ahead. I guess maybe with my Mets uh, fanhood, I'm I'm a little bit more excited this year than most. Of course, uh, mm-hmm. but, but also you're 100 right. I have not watched a lick of college basketball this year, and I need to do a whole lot of catching up. Whole lot of catching up. So that's all we got. Subway Sports Talk. Good luck, Cody. Good luck, Pat, on your all your bets, all your endeavors on Sunday, all your food, all your beers, all your whiskeys, and all your drinks that you have to ha- you have to have. I uh, hope you enjoy your day. I hope everybody's enjoyed our football coverage this entire season. Big shout out to you, Pat, to Mark Shen Lugan, even though I was just making fun of him, to you, Cody O'Connor, to everyone else who helps out with Subway Sports Talk. Football doesn't stop. You know we'll be talking draft when that time comes around and free agency when that time comes around. But obviously NBA, March Madness, Pat, of course, and then uh, some other stuff coming up down the pike right here on Subway Sports Talk. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcast app and Spotify and subscribe, hit the notification bell on YouTube, drop a comment to help us out to get this in front of in front of more eyes and more ears. That's all we really need and all we're really looking for. So thank you as always for staying with us and talking sports with us. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers.